All right, so this completely goes against what this movie is about, but I think I have to share this with our with our listeners. In the words of the great Tasha Mack, fellas, I like my surf and my turf juice. So back back if you don't have a guaranteed contract. How do you manage to get Tasha Mack <laughs> in the open every time? How like, don't you see it is the real question. Sydney, I, I guess it's a football-related movie, but I, I guess. I mean, at this point, the listeners expect it, so. Thank you. What did we watch this week, Sid? This week, we tuned into The Last Fall, written and directed by Academy Award winner Matthew A. Cherry. Period. Period. Academy Award. Period. Period. <laughs> Starring Lance Gross. Nicole Bahari, Vanessa Bell Calloway, and Keith David. All right, let's start the show. Hey, I'm Lex. Hey, y'all, I'm Sid. And this is The New Chitlin' Circuit. We review indie, low-budget, and direct-to-TV black films. And we're back with another 60-second challenge from The New Chitlin' Circuit. Bought to you. Yeah, I'm talking to you. The listener, thank you so much for sponsoring our favorite segment of every episode. In this segment, Alexis will explain to us the plot of The Last Fall in 60 seconds or less. Are you ready? Yes. All righty. Let's go. Okay. So uh, Kyle Bishop is a third string wide receiver on the practice squad and he gets cut after three years he's 25 and he gets cut he has to go back home to LA Mm -hmm. um to sleep in his childhood like bedroom and like Mm -hmm. go back home live with his mom um he's blown through all of his money and he didn't make that much to begin with so he's trying to rebuild life trying to get back in the league but like if he can't rebuild life and he is a reasonable man with eyes and a heart that is susceptible to love, just like all of us. So he is mm-hmm. thirsting after Nicole Bahari, <laughs> the <laughs> same way I would be. <laughs> and he's trying to balance the pursuit of a normal life with mm-hmm. this love being at the center of it and maybe trying to get back in the league too. How'd I do? Wow, that was perfect. You had a whole 13 seconds left. Okay, because I had to practice some very, very strong restraint. Because once I say Nicole Bahari, I'm I'm liable to talk for an hour. You gotta reel it in, friend. You gotta reel yeah. it in. Come on. I'm trying yeah. to reel it in because I should. Let me look. Let me put disclaimer at the top of the episode. All right. Mm-hmm. I should be cool. This should. I shouldn't. I I don't expect. I don't anticipate mm-hmm. <laughs> to derail this conversation today by too much. Because we've okay. already done a Nicole Bahari movie before. We did Miss yeah. Juneteenth earlier this mm-hmm. summer. Mm-hmm. Please rent that movie. You will love it. Um, Two out of ten. So because I got out a lot of my feelings there, I, it okay. shouldn't be that bad this time. Okay, we'll see. It's, okay. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now that you guys know what we're watching um, and you know the plot, I'm going to ask Sydney what she thinks of it. I'll say what I think of it. And then we'll go through some scenes. And at the end, Sydney's going to tell us who she thinks came to act in this mm. movie. <laughs> All right. So you segment. start us off, Sydney. What did you feel about the last fall? I want to start off with 
uh, how this movie got on our list of films to review. Um, so you mm-hmm. sent me um, how most of our movies come about very, I guess, organically. Uh, so UMC or no, Nicole Bahari posted yeah. like a sh- small clip of the video to like her Instagram and you sent me the movie and I call, I should post this to our Instagram. Girl, we got to watch this. And I said, <laughs> I responded. I was like, say less. Um, I had, I've seen it previously before watching the movie. I, I saw it when it came out um, in 2012. I think it like aired on BET like once or twice. Um, and I remember liking it a lot then, but like 2012 was so long ago. And at that point I was, I was a teenager in 2012. So my feelings have, um, evolved. I've evolved as a human being. And I would like to say today to all of our listeners and any new listeners that I love this movie. I really did. Um, I think one, it was realistic, um, mostly coming from the fact that Matthew A. Cherry himself was previously uh, an NFL player and then his career ended and he had to, you know, find his own way back and start a new career and shout out to him. He won an Academy Award. What a comeback. Um, and y'all know how we feel about Nicole Bahari here on the new Chitlin circuit. I mean, a woman who puts her being into any character she portrays. And we also love House of Pain and Lance Gross, of course, had a huge, huge role in one of the greatest sitcoms of all time. So there are so many positives surrounding this movie to make me like it. But how did you feel on your first watch of the movie? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> to me, everything was there. I was excited to watch it. Um, mm-hmm. We rented this on, I, this is available on the Urban Movie Channel, but I am yeah. not subscribed to that Um so I rented it from like the Google Play Store. And yeah. I, I said to you, I, I can't imagine like Nicole Bahari, this Matthew A. Sherry, I can't imagine this $2.99. Like I can't imagine regretting this $2.99. I, I yeah. can't imagine a world where that would be true. Um, and that's true. I don't regret uh, renting it. I, I appreciated watching it. I, I took a lot of notes, which is always a clue that I've enjoyed a movie, at least on mm-hmm. some level. But I do have to say, I don't think I liked it as much as I expected to. Um, Mm. And that's okay. And I think, you know, there's a lot at play (laughs) for why. I think the movie just has a lot going on. I I had a hard time attaching emotionally to some, to like a lot of the elements because there was just so much going on. It didn't give me time. It didn't give some of the plot points time to breathe and land. For me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it was just kind of constant. A lot, a lot of emotional notes being played, and maybe I think it was just the emotional state I was in when I watched it that I just I, I wasn't really mm. it. It didn't That's hit like I think it could have. Yeah. Um, gotcha. But I don't think that is like the fault of the filmmaking or anything like that. I just think it's a personal thing. So yeah. yeah, that's that's what I think of the movie generally. Now, anytime I can spend ninety minutes with Nicole Bahari, I will take <laughs> it. <laughs> so it's take everything I just said with like with that as context. Like yeah, okay, I still pretty much enjoyed it because Nicole Bahari's in it. What a mm-hmm. talented woman! Ugh, what oh, what a talent! <laughs> but I mean, like, I don't know how else to describe like the type of actor that Nicole Bahari like she it's just talent and the training I don't know but she's got it (laughs) like she literally has it 
She does. And I don't want to, because we're about to, you know, what we do here, we like to start off with the first scene and we talk Mm -hmm. about, you know, what that made us feel. And then from there, you and I will call out scenes that felt significant to us as like plot points. And I don't want to, that conversation between you and me is always so good. And I, it's so valuable to the listener. Mm -hmm. So I don't want to derail that. So I will just go ahead and put this up top because I feel it coming out. Um, Mm -hmm. Sydney, could you give me a couple of seconds? Miss Bahari. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Nicole, if I may. <laughs> I I don't wanna like you know, it's no pressure. I know I did like ask you in like June when we reviewed Miss Juneteenth, which you mm-hmm. was great in. And mm-hmm. I'm a fan, sure, but more than that. I'm a person just interested in another person. <laughs> and, you know, if this gets to you, if you, you know, everybody's Zoom dating right now anyway. So, like, if you if you want to, you know, have a pizza on the Zoom with somebody who's nice and appreciates your work and, you know, you just let me know. It's the new chitlin circuit at gmail.com. Thank you, Sydney, for that time as well. Okay, yeah, are you done? Or have we wrapped? Yeah, up? I gave you a full. How, how like, many times did you? I mean, I gave you a full you... forty seconds, Alexis, to get that out. Forty seconds. So... That's very efficient. That's very efficient. <laughs> <laughs> how many times have you shot your shot at Kevin Harrelson Jr. on this podcast? Why? See, because what's crazy about you is because you be minding my business. And <laughs> this, this was so crazy. Anyway, let's get into the opening now, scene. <laughs> let's get into the opening scene. All right, Sydney, you kick us off. <laughs> in the opening scene, so we see uh, Lance Gross's character, Kyle Bishop. He is in a uh, locker room and he's not looking too happy. Uh, the locker room is empty. He's in there alone. And he is packing up his stuff in a very sad little box. And there is an onlooker friend, maybe former teammate. And we see that, you know, whatever the season isn't over, but his job is indeed over and he has to go back home. Essentially. That's what happens. He goes back home. Um, What really stuck out to me in the first scene was one, I I realized that, okay, he was never really a star football player because we get to his actual apartment somewhere in Arizona. And it's just not, it's not baller. I don't have any other ways to explain it. Like, Odell mm-hmm. Beckham Jr. is not living like that. Uh, but Kyle mm-hmm. Bishop is. And he has this very sad little black leather sofa that he has to sleep on because clearly he doesn't have a bed. Um, and mm-hmm. this is the reality of a third string non-star football player. Yeah. yeah, and it was at because his apartment it, was like that, and he was sleeping on the couch, but he drove a Benz, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is right. it, it's a problem that the that the character you know and the movie addresses how like you know it's just this pressure to live above your means because you're in the league, but being in the league doesn't mean that you are balling. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and Kyle Bishop certainly was not. So yeah. I the opening of this movie, I was like, oh, it's so dramatic. Like, are we about mm-hmm. to see Lance Girls like give us a performance, honey? That's like, like that's what I wrote down. <laughs> yeah. So he gets back to LA, you know, back to his mama's house. 
and we immediately kind of get dunked into like the what the family dynamic is here it's not like a Mm -hmm. grand return like you know like when i go back home to georgia my family like just short of throws a parade it's very fun (laughs) everybody's really excited to see me but mm-hmm. when he gets back to LA, it's like, oh hey, like how long you staying? Right. <laughs> I'm going back soon, or what's what's good? Okay, well I'm going to work. You know where the refrigerator at? <laughs> it's like that. Yeah. Yeah. We get right plunged right back into that, and he's trying to reacquaint, and he's you know keeping it kind of like he's not exactly telling everybody that he's got cut, but like mm-hmm. he meets up That's with an old friend, and this is where this is where I'm I'm interested in the movie at this point. Because he goes to this party. It's a, it's a fish fry in the hills. Yeah. And my only note is, Lord, when will you end this pandemic? <laughs> <Man>. <laughs> like, oh just directly God. to the Lord. I asked. Because I want to eat fish at a house party in the hills. Yes. And we just kind of, I feel like it was the, the movie did a really good job of uh, acquainting us with his hometown life um, through this yeah. friend that he's meeting up with um, that he ran into at the gym and That's also great. through like some of the nuggets that he's saying about like people he mentions faith Nicole Bahari's character mm-hmm. um, yeah what'd you think of the party scene what did you think of like this uh, first like act of the movie when we're reacquainted with his LA life I was, um, what first stuck out to me my note was that that scene just reminded me of like um, before like a lot of like black YouTubers like Easter Ray popped off and like their careers took a major turn and they got stuff going in like Hollywood a lot of like the stuff that I used to watch on YouTube like Insecure Black Girl and like a lot of the scenes and like the little short little clips they would make it looked like that party scene so it kind of mm-hmm. just brought me yeah. to that time and that era of like how you know, new people were trying to get up in Hollywood if you didn't have the connection. So you got, you got your camera and maybe a friend or two who's in your crew and you know, like 10 aspiring actors and y'all going to do the scene for me. And that's going to be episode five of my new uh, YouTube series like that. Yeah. That brought me back there. And I, I like the fact that he wasn't open with like that. He was no longer in the NFL, but he also wasn't trying to like hide it at the same time either. So I feel like if somebody had asked him like, Hey man, how's, you know, how's the team? He's like, oh, I'm not on the team no more. Or like, yeah. you know, how's the league? I don't know. Ask the commissioner. Something like that. <laughs> so that his character didn't seem that he was trying to deceive people, but he was still grappling with his own new career events in themselves. Yeah. Cause I mean, it's, it's already a big enough fish to fry. <laughs> to you know leave football which is such a lifestyle like Mm -hmm. it's not just a job you clock into and clock out of every day it's a lifestyle everything that you do is about keeping your body up and Mm -hmm. going out on the field um that's already hard enough but as a 25 year old like getting fired as a 25 year old is i i can't imagine that and i I, this is our age right now like like i would be wrecked if i got fired right now it'd be terrible i wouldn't know what to do talk Um, about a quarter life crisis um like what yeah yeah so he's going through that as well now After this, he after he goes to the party and he drops this like nugget, this foreshadowing about faith. I do want to talk about the next thing because this is where we get introduced 
to Miss Fahari's character, Faith. Mm-hmm. So he seeks counsel. He seeks some advice from a childhood like mentor, like a friend, yeah. uh, like a mentor, old teacher at the high school he went to. And he goes into the classroom, and it's <laughs> this is also a very like Easter Ray, like we got y'all moment. Like it I, was, is. I was like, oh no, these kids is gonna roast him. Right. <laughs> They didn't, but it, that would have been funny. <laughs> they were they were and, too young for that. Had they been middle schoolers, it would have been over for him. <laughs> maybe so. <laughs> but um, Faith comes into the classroom and pick her son up, like after mm-hmm. all the kids leave. And I, my note it says, "Ugh, damn it!" <laughs> there she go. Because like her, we don't even see her face. But like her mm-hmm. presence in the shot goes, oh, here we go. Here, here's some acting. Here she it's going to happen. She's about to take this whole movie. She's about to put it. She's <laughs> about done. to take this whole movie. And I was like, damn, like y'all already know how much I love a mama handling her business. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> that only, like Miss <laughs> mm-hmm. Bahari came like really like, like took that scene when she comes in, she's talking to her son and she's kind of like playing playing uh kyle to the side like okay boy because right, right, right. <laughs> i have a I like son to take a care of and mm-hmm. he's acting up so don't make me have to put you know some trouble for both of y'all we have to go yeah it was a lot of that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now you know a scene i do want to call out because i think one thing the movie does great is like capturing like employment struggle like just to, to mm. despair and like frustration of trying to get a damn job yeah he goes on this interview to a grocery store and the grocery store manager <sighs> is telling him he doesn't have experience to be a cashier what an asshole where the fuck <laughs> do you like <laughs> what then what where do i go tell me what college do i sign up for where where do i go to get cashier experience other than you Please. <laughs> there is no other way to get that right. other than Cash- you giving me this damn job thank you like show me train me how to use the damn machine and I can add and subtract hell come on now let me exactly. for a job. what is wrong with you <laughs> uh, so this is where you know the movie this because this is kind of like the end of act one because now he's kind of set out on he's already met with his agent his agent said it's a dud mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. you know I have so a moment like, on the agent. He should have known that, like, yeah. and this is very superficial, <laughs> what I'm about to say. He should have known his agent really wasn't about it. Look at your agent's watch. He had that flimsy-ass watch <laughs> with that white band on. Uh, like, oh, he's not about no money for real. He's not making you no dollars. You need to jump ship or lose the agent. <laughs> the agent was one of my favorite actors in the movie. <laughs> I loved it. Because... <laughs> But um, this is a bit of a jump. We'll get there when we get there. But when he goes, <laughs> my job is to make you money. How about you call me when when, when I can do my job? Right. <laughs> when you let me do my job. You let me know when I can do my job. <laughs> That's the most agent thing to say. <laughs> uh, but yeah. At the end of this, he he he's now he's just kind of giving up on the on not the hoop dream but the football dream, and mm-hmm. he's like, okay, well, I'm gonna have to get a job here. He's waiting to hear back from this gym. Maybe he can be a personal trainer, and yeah. he has decided already at first sight again of seeing his old high school fling played by mm-hmm. Nicole Bahari. He's decided, mm-hmm. okay, 
I want that old thing back, which is exactly yep. what the fuck I would do as That's well. <laughs> if I had dated Nicole Mahari in high school, I would, other women mean nothing. <laughs> this is the woman I want. <laughs> that um, brings a good segue uh, to one of my uh, scenes that stuck out with me. So um, he, we see him on the bus after his Mercedes is repossessed. And he's on the bus going to Nicole Bahari's uh, Faith. Her character name is Faith. His son's like flag football game. The little boy's like seven. Um, and what stuck out to me was to say, oh, the costume design was on point here. They got mm-hmm. the whole my son is my king attire down mm-hmm. pack for Miss Bahari. Because she, I mean, she had the little wedges <laughs> on in the grass, the blue eyeshadow, yep. that little camo hat, the off the shoulder uh, shirt. That's all my son mm-hmm. is my king. And what really would have took it over the edge is where's her Camry? I want to see the Nissan. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I thought was missing from the football game scenes? (laughs) She seems like the type of mom to have a cooler and a folding chair. Where was her cooler and a folding chair? Yeah, that's just She she seemed like she would be sitting right up on the 50 yard line. Mm Handing out tangerines and Capri Suns <laughs> to the kids. You're and, right. And whispering to the ref, now look, I'm gonna need you to catch some of these fouls because my son is not going out on this field right. to be continually harassed by number 13. You saw him. Mm-hmm. You saw him. And I didn't you didn't hear it from me, but come on, coach. This is a U10 team. That boy looks mm-hmm. eleven. You didn't hear it from me. <laughs> I just, I'm just saying, this is a two-year league, and I've seen him for three years. I'm just saying. (laughs) Here's a tangerine rep, (laughs) you know. And so, and I understand, like the movie, kind. This was, this is now. I'm getting into a gripe I have about the movie, Mm. because their relationship is so focused on Kyle's struggles. We don't, mm-hmm. we don't really, like, it doesn't work if we were to get that type of, like, funness, like, funness, you don't, you don't need the mess, the, that type of right. fun or, like, just extra character fluff for mm-hmm. Faith. It doesn't work because she, her character needs to be functional to serve as his ear, like, uh, to serve That's as true. his fucking therapist throughout the whole right. movie. So we That's couldn't true. get that because then he wouldn't have, there wouldn't be any time or space in the scene for him to dump on her <laughs> Ooh, that's so, a good point mm, yeah point. that's my only it's, it's honestly one of my only gripes about the movie which is why I brought this scene up because then they go on a date to catch up they just go sit by the pier they didn't go on no damn date nothing was bought there was no date true they went to, on a walk <laughs> they went on a walk period <laughs> I agree and she drove him home so <laughs> exactly <laughs> I agree. That wasn't a date. Thanks for the correction. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and on the whole date, he spends most of the time talking. Most of the time they're together, he's talking. And when yeah. she's talking, it's to console him. I yeah. really hated like that. That was my only gripe. I couldn't connect with the romance the way I wanted to because Same. I really wanted to. Because the concept of Lance Gross and Nicole Bahari together, that's um, how, what's a professional way? To, hot. <laughs> I was gonna say hot. <laughs> <laughs> That's hot. <laughs> so I wanted to, to be in that, but I Feel. couldn't because yes. she was just serving as his fucking therapist. That's not sexy. <laughs> 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 it's 
all he did was sit up there and tell her how broke he was. That's not Literally, sexy. My note there was like, damn, how many times he gonna give the left eye TLC pay breakdown? We get it. You're not making no money. <laughs> I do want to talk about the pay breakdown because he wasn't all the way right. <laughs> he said, okay, he said, okay, if you was what he was, which was like third string practice squad, mm-hmm. you get paid eighty thousand. And she yeah. was like, that's still good money, especially in Arizona. That's fine. That's the money's right. fine. And he was like, yeah, but you got to give Uncle Sam half of that. Half. That's not the, no, you don't. <laughs> 80000 is not taxed at half. Now, yeah. the state taxes thing is fucked up, but that's just how that works. If you earn mm-hmm. money in the state, you have to pay taxes in that state. Right. <laughs> yeah, but that's the only thing I, I had to put in there. You don't pay 50% right. or 80000 bro. I, was, I remember, this is uh, kind of on a tangent, but I remember I was maybe in like 10th or 11th grade in like one of my pointless business computer classes in high school. And uh, a former student, he played in the NFL, but at that point in time, he was playing uh, in the Canadian League. And he came mm. to the class to t- like kind of what Kyle was supposed to do to the little kids, but he failed at his speech. He came to tell us about, uh, you know, how to set your sights out far and wide and cast your net, you know, for different career paths, whatever, because he put everything in one basket for the NFL. And now look at him. He said, and I quote, cause I never forgot it. Now look at me. I'm up in Canada. I don't know nothing about Canada. <laughs> football. <laughs> Shit. Well, sir, you don't have to be up there. You could choose to retire. You uh, take your own advice. Sydney, you gotta put that in your biopic. That's that's your opening scene. And Sydney went on to become a mogul because she knew she couldn't be up in Canada. She don't know nothing about Canada. I don't know nothing about Canada. And I said, like, this, is, this is your encouraging speech for us to finish school, go to college, and don't even try our like. NFL pursuits. First of all, I can't even play in the NFL. Um, and <laughs> <laughs> number two, Brad, take your own advice. Get a new job. <laughs> Sydney. Sydney. I'm sorry. But I, that, I wanted to bring that up while we were here. But <laughs> Brad, take your own advice. <laughs> well, yeah. So this is, we've heard this time and time again. Left Eye gave us a breakdown of how, you know, people who are public figures or have a mm-hmm. high profile job doesn't mean that they are rolling in the dough. They're not. Right. Um, but he also just mismanaged his money. Also true. He did. Um, he was driving a Benz buying the flashy no car. Exactly. Which got promptly repossessed. He's um, <laughs> got bills. In the first scene when he gets back home, we see that he has these bills piled up and stuff and these student yeah. loans and shit. He mm-hmm. can't pay him. Yeah. So, and that's what he dumps on her. She, she gave him this date, this walk, this chance to like catch up. And she wasn't going to do that initially. She did not say no. She did not say yes the first time. And right. this is what you do with your chance. Uh, this is what you do with your uh, chance. <laughs> uh, with a woman that's fine. You just want to sit down and talk about how broke you are. And the words uh, are 3LW. Players, they going to play. And haters, they gonna hate. <laughs> Ballers, they gonna ball. Shock callers, they gonna call. That ain't got nothing to do with me and you. That's the way it is. Okay, well, the ballers are gonna ball. Now the cold open makes more sense. Like, now it connects. Like, it lands Thank you. more. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Cause 
this is i guess this is what she was saying this is you wouldn't talk to him again after this no i would not <laughs> I, I find out that you are in a heap of debt you only have fifteen hundred dollars to your name i have a child to take care of you have nothing for mm -hmm. me to offer um so if when and if you do get it together because you are fine come back to me maybe we can work something out <laughs> but until then Good. leave me and my son alone <laughs> That's one thing Lance Grove's show damn is, is fine. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, See, I'm going to be respectful to Lance because he is a family man. He has a wife and children. So I'm going to let that go. Yeah. Nicole Hart is single. I respectfully, last week when we did Slick Woods in, in Goldie, I respectfully mm -hmm. said, I'm not going to shoot my shot. You're a family woman now. I'm not going to do that. You know, I respect you. I'm a fan. But like, Miss Nicole is single. And after, this is what I had to say for real. And I might cut this out because this is, I'm getting passionate now. Mm -hmm, <laughs> after mm -hmm. Niecy Nash, when I had a chance and I didn't know it, mm -hmm. I'm not going to get caught slipping like that again. And I have no proof or evidence or even a mm -hmm. hunch that Nicole, Bar Nicole Bahari is queer. But mm -hmm. I didn't have that about Niecy Nash either. So <laughs> I can't okay. let the, you know what the quote was? Hmm. If you suffer in silence, they'll kill you and and tell people that you liked it because you didn't say nothing. You have to speak up. <laughs> and if if Nicole Bahari hears this or hears any of our episodes or even mm -hmm. just just gets an inkling of of my existence, mm. and it's not stated on the record that I'm interested, I have missed an opportunity. I would be remiss, and it would be my fault if she popped up with a I'm. This is about Easy Nash. <laughs> yep, because now you're really about to go left. <laughs> I'm sorry. It, I would be mm -hmm. remiss if she popped up with a wife. <laughs> okay. Because <laughs> I know what she, I know you was about to say some like some different. You was really about to go. Okay. Yeah, so yeah, I was. Get politically so correct that's with just, the wife. I'm okay. just explaining. I'm mm -hmm. just explaining how heavy the young lady is. <laughs> oh my god! Please. <laughs> please. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> what I do want to discuss, just shifting away from the romance of the movie, because mm -hmm. there's a lot going on in this movie. We're, we're 30 minutes into the episode, and we haven't even really gotten into what the movie handles, you know, the family yeah. stuff and a lot of, like, that stuff. There's one scene I want to call out. We cut back to, while Kyle and Faith are, shout out to me for remembering the protagonist's names. That's true. I'm, You're getting, getting better. better. Okay. Um, while Kyle and Faith are off on this like quasi date back at the mm -hmm. ranch, <laughs> back at the house, <laughs> his mama, played by Vanessa Bell Calloway, another talented, beautiful woman, she mm -hmm. is like arguing with his little sister. Like yeah. they're having this argument, this fight that you can tell they've had before. Like, and this is great like actor chemistry as well. Like you, they is. they play very well together. They and seem like a real family. They have great chemistry. That is. Yeah. Yeah. The the. Vanessa Bell Calloway really seemed like all day mama. Like, all day, she all really day does. Mama. <laughs> yeah. yeah. She nails, like, most, like, movie moms. Like, they it's they pretty much all get the loving thing. No casting yeah. actor would, like, would hire you if you couldn't do that. But she nails the loving, but I'm tired of you. <laughs> <laughs> she does. She's so it's, good at that. But you grow now. So loving? it's really time to get out of my house. Yeah. Yes, I love that. Yeah. So she's having this argument with Chris, and the note that I have is like, it gets this close 
like my, you guys can't see it, but my fingers are really like my, my pointer and my thumb finger are like almost touching. <laughs> this is close, close. <laughs> to passing the Bechdel test because I'm interested when they start, when they're in this fight, I'm interested to know why is Chris in trouble? Like yeah. I immediately was like, was she gay or something? <laughs> and, I think that's what it was. Yeah, I think so. But we don't get that until the, it's kind of implied later. Yeah. It's a little bit, it's a little bit baby, but like, we didn't go into it. Instead, Chris does this weird thing, strange writing choice, and I don't agree with it. Mm-hmm. Where in the middle of the fight, she just brings up Kyle. He's not in the room. This there's not what the fight's about. But she but brings what him I up. Say, like, why? That's that's little sibling shit. That's what y'all no. do. No, not if I'm fighting my own fight with my mama and my sister not even there. Why y'all bring up? We got our own fight right here. <laughs> We're doing our own fight. We mad at each other. Got nothing to do with in personal <laughs> experience, um, and in the words of Lanithia Leakes, now how the hell I get into it? See how y'all <laughs> always bringing me in stuff? <laughs> that's, that's how it happens sometimes. <laughs> but I do get what no, you're saying. I feel like it, it that would make sense if point. she... Yes. Yeah. I feel like that would make sense. As a little sibling, I can attest to, if I'm getting in trouble for something I know I've seen you do, I'm going to throw you in it. Okay. <laughs> that, yes, I can attest mm-hmm. to that. But that wasn't what the, that's not how she brought him up. Like, they were in the middle of a fight and she says, I, no wonder why Kyle doesn't come. It's like, why would you say that? That's very unnatural. And they didn't yeah. need to bring him up. In fact, I really, really appreciated, like, a deeper dive into, like, not even just deeper. I would have just appreciated just going just one more step further into why they were fighting or like the real dynamic okay. between them. My notes there is like, cause at later in on the movie, we get like a montage of how he starts to build closer ties with his family. But like, and it's kind of, we can assume that him and his family aren't very close after he went off to the NFL and they don't keep in contact. But like, I wish they would have done a better job uh, really explaining and diving to diving into his family dynamics and most of like the relationship building or relationship exploring in the movie was uh, between Kyle and Faith and their romance and not in the family ties like even his mother keeps bringing up so when are you gonna see your daddy when are you gonna see your daddy yeah. and it leaves me to like wonder so does he not like his dad do they have a bad relationship but we find out later on is he's embarrassed to see his dad because he's no longer in like a successful position. So I do wish that we yeah. could have got more out of that relationship, family dynamics. Very much. And I, this is where, this is another gripe I had with the movie where I think they, it bit off more than it needed to. I think it mm. chewed it just fine, I guess, but it didn't need to bite off so much. Like with mm. the dad character, Keith David, who is aging like wine. Um, Look at the bishop. <laughs> granted, mm. this was eight years ago, but like it, Keith David still looks that way. Today. Yeah. Um, he's the father and he's sick and like you know he's gonna have to get a part of his foot amputated he's diabetic he's got heart failure it's just all this yeah, stuff it's a lot dramatic. so much stuff so much like the stakes have now been risen like like increased and stuff and then we didn't yeah. need that I feel like it would have worked a lot better and been a lot calmer if he was just remarried <laughs> like, right if he was like, healthy and just lived across town yes <laughs> and he and Kyle is still mad that his parents are not together and they have both found love and other people that would have worked out yeah. better. Cause like when he mentioned in the hospital, he had like congenitive heart failure and all the other, I said, well, damn, is he going to die in this movie or not? Um, Cause it was a lot. Yeah, It, it brought in <laughs> some confusion and here's what I'm going to bring up now. 
Um, because this is, we go to this hospital scene after we come back from uh, Kyle going to Sunday dinner with Faith's, fam- Faith's family, mm-hmm. who her dad is Harry Lennox. <laughs> yeah. And the note I have with this, damn, her parents are both fine. <laughs> um, <laughs> they are. And also, H.U., a little uh, tidbit in the opening scene, you, Les Lance Gross's real, like, Howard grad picture. Oh, I didn't recognize yeah, I didn't actually. He's oh. in front of the, the the risers that are that they put up. Oh in front snap! Of you're so right. It was. Yeah. Wow, you're right. That was yeah. it. Oh snap! Yeah. And then at the dinner, uh, Harry Lennox says that he went to Howard. Went to Howard. Yeah. And one of some of the cast members also were Howard alum, not just um, Lance Girl. So his friend, like, mm. who owns the gym, he was a Howard alum. When I when we were both still at Howard, I did this thing called Howard Wood, which was like a whole event and mini festival type thing on campus and he was one of the um i don't know if he was like he wasn't one of the creators of it but he was really good friends with the two women who did create that event and he showed up to like one of oh. our like info sessions or whatever yeah how nice howard loves an info session yeah. um <laughs> but also you know in the because we said a couple episodes ago we didn't know what what our tone and tenor was going to be um <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> at post election, mm-hmm. but now that we are that we are clear on what's going to happen, let's just yeah. take politics aside. Let's just take a second to big up like Howard University because what you're listening to right now is a product of Howard University. What's going to be in the White House is a product of Howard University. Say it and again. I, the movie was a product of this movie that we're talking about. Everybody offended, so I'm just trying to I'm just trying to illustrate to y'all mm. that. There is only one HU. There is only, only. one Mecca. <laughs> <laughs> and if y'all thought we were annoying before. <laughs> Think again. It's getting worse. We can't control Try again. it. <laughs> Level up. <laughs> because the biggest flex about Howard is that I knew something that y'all didn't apparently. When I was 18 yeah. years old, I knew what I needed to be. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, Howard University, everybody. <laughs> yeah. Don't be surprised yeah. if we really start asking for autographs. Like, if you if you want to talk to me, you need to accept, like, my signature or something because, like, the price has really gone up for us. You're going to force people to take your autograph? What type of shit is that? <laughs> <laughs> you going to do, like, the Juana man, the, yeah. the stamp on the kid's forehead? <laughs> I'm about to get a logo oh made, God. and I'm stamping All people. right. <laughs> I'm joking, right. but I'm nevertheless <laughs> nevertheless uh, we needed to put that in there because it was all up and through this movie but yeah all this stuff happens and we get to the, by the time we get to the hospital I'm like well, what the fuck what's going on like there's so many characters in this movie <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's, that's one of my main gripes so I'm going to bring up an old segment that I like to do sometimes called did it just need more money which mm. usually we apply to a low budget, like a really like budget constrained movie where mm-hmm. the story is great, the actors are great, but like the set and the, you know, the sound, uh, sound may be bad and yeah. it just needed more money. This is the opposite of that. This movie needed less money. <laughs> this movie had too many resources. And when you have like, yeah. when you give somebody a check, they're going to spend it all. When you give somebody a time frame, they're going to use all that time. So. Yeah. <laughs> 
they used it all and That's it's true. not a waste because i mean harry lennox is a great actor i love seeing his cleft chin in movies i love it right <laughs> but like we didn't need all these people here there's so many characters and they weren't all necessary um so point. the opposite of did it just need more money but it, it actually needed less or the funds were the it. funds weren't used in you know efficiently we could instead of paying all these really great actors we could have put the money elsewhere yeah you know also opinion i think this would have been a good play i I watched this on the stage this actually would be a good play i could see this at the fox Mm -hmm. theater and going to yeah Yeah. this would have been a good play you're right i watched Mm -hmm. this but yeah that's where i i had a note it's just too many characters because also the mom has a boyfriend who I, i'm gonna bring up uh, oba very gordy Ab- Ob- Abba Baba very much <laughs> yes Abba Baba <laughs> he very much is very great like in my head yeah that's all i know him <laughs> but, as very gordy that's who he is <laughs> i don't even think i know so, what very gordy looks like for real <laughs> not even a little bit no i don't <laughs> Like, I don't know what Muddy Waters looks like. Uh, Jeffrey Wright is Muddy Waters. Is Muddy Waters, you right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we're just getting all this stuff. And then by the time we get to the hospital, we leave the hospital. And then we end up at Faith's apartment again, way like down the line. And she, her her ex, uh, Vaughn, her son, yeah. her Darren baby daddy Hinsman. is there. Mm-hmm. Yep. I think we're skipping him. Also, great. he does. Another just scene that I wanted. Another scene I want to call out that I just thought was done really tastefully, and it was kind of like a flip storybook type motion with the camera. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> you know where I'm going. Um, this yes, is like I do. The, the very intimate scene, <laughs> the sex scene between uh, Kyle and Bishop. It was just very tasteful. It literally was like when you when you're a kid and you make a little stick figure flip book, but it's so seamless and like. I don't, you get the different frames. It was a, it was beautifully done. So Matthew, great job, really great scene. Now y'all already know if our <laughs> diligent and loyal listeners are sitting on the edge of their seat because they know how this goes on this show. Sydney says she likes a sex scene, and then I usually go, "Why the hell they put that in there?" Like this is so everybody's expecting me to do that now, but mm-hmm. I'm not because it was appropriate. It was great. Mm-hmm. There was no unnecessary nudity, even though I would have appreciated seeing Lance Gross's butt. Um, but we didn't see that. And that's okay. That's okay. Mm-hmm. We didn't see anybody's butt, but would have appreciated it. Mm-hmm. And it was very tasteful. And when I was watching it, I literally was like, yeah, affirmative. Yeah. yeah. Same. yeah. Like, do that. Go for <laughs> it. It was a lot of that. Yeah. That is a high mark for me because I hardly ever want to see the sex scenes, I, unless it's gay. <laughs> Like, because then it's fine. But, like, why are you pushing heterosexuality on the children? I don't get it. <laughs> They're <laughs> like, too young for that. Right. Like, please. Yeah. Like, mm. What am I going to explain that? How am I going to explain that to my children? Right. You know? Because like, yeah. we all know it's a preference. So, like, take your preference elsewhere. Yeah. Yeah. It's just strange. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I'm sorry. Thank you so much for pulling me back in because I was getting a little negative. My, my opinions about this movie are not negative. And Mm -hmm. that is one of the most positive things about the movie on a long list of positive things is that that sex scene was great. It was was great and it was tasteful. Agreed. I mean, I don't, I don't know how many different shots they had to do to get it just to seem like people, you got to watch the movie because then you know what I'm talking about. It's like the different shots 
but they all come together. It literally looks like a very long pano image, but mm-hmm. it's moving. It's really great work. It's very tactile and just like sensual. Yeah. And it's nice. It's not awkward to watch. Right. All the sex right. scenes feel weird. That's true. This one didn't. So I, <clears throat> I wanted to talk about Faith's ex man. Yeah, the big baller, because he had the money. Yeah, big baller. Yeah. Played by Darren Henson. So that's a, is that how you say his name? Mm-hmm. Darren Henson. Yep. Who looked great? Everybody looked great in this movie. Um, he just shows up and proposes Randomly. to her. <laughs> And I said, this is not how you propose to nobody. All the sentences start with I. Yeah. <laughs> and if my opinion is, because a straight man, all two of y'all who listen to this, because this is not a <laughs> podcast for straight men, are about to be upset. But if your proposal has to start with a like monologue about how wrong you did her, <laughs> Baby, put back. the ring back. Right, put it. Like, don't even pull it out your pocket. Because why? Just do somebody else better. Just go yeah. get another woman and do right. Because <laughs> you, <laughs> this is done. Hang it up. Flat screen. Because <laughs> <laughs> baby, I know that. Like you know, it was a mistake, and I'm human, and I have grown and evolved. No, that's no. I want nothing to do with that or you, please. <laughs> so that was crazy, and yeah. At this same time, however, we're getting another argument with the mama, except Mm. instead of with Chris, the younger sister, it's with Kyle. They are finally having this confrontation, which has kind of been boiling up on the surface, like under the surface for the whole movie. What did you think of that fight, like that argument? I want to give all kudos in that argument to uh, Miss Belle Calloway. She uh, brought the emotion for me. One of my notes, because what they're arguing about is why she's dating a new man. Well, you know, Kyle, your mom and dad are divorced, so she can date. And then why she has, like, I guess doesn't seem to care about his father's health and well-being. And my note there is what she says is, I will keep him in my prayers, but he is no longer my responsibility. And Mm -hmm. I said, oh, points. Period. Points. It's like, that's done. We, We are no longer a married couple. We have parted ways. I hope wish the best for your daddy, but you're his son, so you need to go and make sure he's good and okay. That's not up to me no more. Mm-hmm. Great scene. So, big agree. Great scene. It was written well, and my gauge for that in an argument between two characters is do I understand both of their sides? That's how you know a fight's mm-hmm. written well. And it is, because mm-hmm. I... Yeah. By the end of the scene, I really understand where both of them are coming from, uh, like more than I did right. before the scene started. So very effective scene, good scene. And here's what I do have to say, though, because I agree with you that the mama makes more sense to me. They're yes. they're both right. Both of them are right. Mm-hmm. But it felt like, you know, when, when it feels like one of the filmmakers, whether it's a writer or a director... Mm-hmm. is inserting some personal hurt and yeah. <laughs> you can always talk it's like <laughs> maybe the characters wouldn't do that or the characters wouldn't say that or it doesn't make sense in the movie's right. plot but it's something right. that the director or the writer or you know one of the filmmakers really mm-hmm. wanted to Get express because this is yeah. art you have to you're expressing your feelings and it felt like the writer had to express some hurt um which is possible. and even though it, it kind of felt kyle was blind to some logic 
-hmm. and like he didn't that's why i loved oba didn't have a whole lot of time like screen time or lines but the ones they gave him like to to say look at here son (laughs) (laughs) now me and your mama's having fun you don't mind your business and you don't even come you don't come around like he told him off proper (laughs) (laughs) which is why kyle was so upset with his mama when oba Mm -hmm. left what the thing you don't let him talk to me like that yes because you're a fool Right, like, but we've been the, divorced. The problem I have was because he did the same thing in this fight with his mama, and then turn around next scene, fight with Faith. Mm-hmm. Same thing, right? Shall Where the other person is presenting solid point to you, and like most human disagreements, <clears throat> neither of you is a hundred percent wrong or right. But right. he was kind of had like this zero or a hundred thing, which I've seen in real life, and it's very annoying. Where. <sighs> If he sees you do, like, if Kyle sees anybody in his life do something wrong or Mm -hmm. contribute to a problem, he then concludes that, oh, okay, you have got some wrong, so that means all the wrong is on you, and I am innocent. (laughs) It's like, why are you going to keep just showing up yelling at people? You want everyone to coddle you because your ego's too big to handle the fact that you failed? Mm. That's not everybody else's problem. Right. Mm. Come on, buddy. And the... What I think what really made me, and I think it's hard. I have not been in a position, and I will never be in a position where I'll be a professional athlete and then kind of lose it all one day. But I do think it was time for Kyle to be, his character to be a lot more realistic with himself, which it takes him forever. Obviously, that's his character art to learn his lesson towards the end of the movie. But to kind of get to that point earlier, uh, I think that would have gave us a better understanding of the family and their relationship and also given more room for us to actually see uh, him and Faith build a real relationship. Cause all we know is that they were high school sweethearts. They went to separate States uh, for school and never spoke to each other again, but like him coming back in town it is, isn't just enough for someone to say, Hey, let's go all in on this thing. When y'all are like mm-hmm. grown, grown, you have a kid, like you're yeah. not just going to be you have a kid. You lived the whole like you started right. a good, whole different person. Literally, yeah. Yeah. So, I and I agree with that as that well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because the scene before that, when they're just like sitting in the stairwell, which I cannot understand why they would be sitting in the stairwell, <sighs> no just idea. sitting here talking about his feelings. I hated yeah. that scene. <laughs> Nothing changed. It was just him dumping feelings on her and her telling Vaughn. The the theme of the movie is where is Vaughn. <laughs> <laughs> Every scene, they say, where is Vaughn? Just to establish, like, that right. he was somewhere else. Right, right. <laughs> but, yeah, he just, Kyle's a very frustrating character. And mm-hmm. I think that's accurate, because, like, yeah, I would expect this a person in this situation to be frustrating as hell. Like, to have the road paved out for you, and then you not know what to do. Like, football players, even people who just are big in high school football, they, mm-hmm. like, those guys... They have so much laid out for them and they're treated so much like high, like so much higher than everybody else. And yeah. like th- their whole personality is this football. Yeah. So when it goes away, when they get out of high school, when they get out of the college team, when they get Oof. out of the league at any level, when it goes away, they don't know who they are. And it's, they just, just flail about. So it makes was, sense for this character to be annoyed. Right. Well, it's really true to that point uh, when they're having <clears> this <throat> random stairwell conversation in like her building. Why couldn't you sit on her couch and have this conversation to live on, be in his room, but whatever. Um, yeah. He goes, you know, I do have a communications degree. I guess I could work in radio. 
dude, clearly you have no idea how anything else works and you have so much more in life to figure out than this woman who, you know, had to actually like drop out of school, have a kid and is now like has built up her life to a point where she can take care of herself and her son. You need to go and get that together without me because that's too much. Yes. Yeah. And that's why I, that's the only thing I liked about that scene is that she rejected him. I said, girl, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Get this broke ass nigga out your life. <laughs> this is not this is not gonna help you. <laughs> and this one thing I'm not I will not stand for is broke boy propaganda. That I no. no. There's no way. <laughs> ladies, listen, ladies. We sure we can quote unquote build together, but you gotta come with something with me to build with. You already got to have something to build bricks. with. Hello? Yeah. <laughs> you well, how are we going to build together? I'm the only one got the damn bricks. Can't work. It's not happening. So good for her. Because when he said relationship, I said a relationship, like a real one. Crazy as hell. Y'all just had sex one time. A relationship. Have you lost your mind? <laughs> and that's what one thing I think was missing from the movie, which I could totally see why. With the runtime, it was already like, 90 minutes, mm-hmm. I can see why they chose to, like, maybe they cut this out. Maybe it was just trimming the fat, but I would have appreciated a montage of somebody doing something fun. Because the yeah. movie didn't let up once. It was yeah. all emotional, all just angst, the whole movie. And I would have appreciated, like, why couldn't they have been, like, in her apartment cooking dinner or something? For God's right. sake, just something. Right, yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> no, literally. Or a little fun. Even the football games with... are supposed to be fun. Yeah, I was gonna say like him and Vaughn, I don't know, playing football in the back of the apartment building, something like you know, something, something. cute. Yeah, but it was none of that. <laughs> After the party, like in the first five minutes of the movie, there was just it was just all down. It was all he was down the movie and out. Was down the whole time. Yeah. So you know, from there we, um, he finally gets a call from his agent. A team in Jacksonville is looking for a new, uh, what's he, a receiver? And, yeah. you know, they have, they're having a quick, like, uh, walk-on tryout or whatever. So after he has his argument with his mother, he then runs over to Faith's place to, guess, deliver this news to her. But you have just decided that she wanted to settle down and be her man and a stepdaddy. So I guess that's out the way. Um, of course, he gets there um, and he interrupts this quasi-engagement uh, to face baby daddy. He runs off. He's angry. We see him in, I think he was in Jacksonville. Um, and then he starts to realize that he's lost the one thing that actually matters to him and that football really isn't that thing when he sees his other player, well, listens to this other player in the room on the phone with his like wife and kids. And it's like, oh, that's, I want a family. I want to, you know, have loved ones who support and care for me. Um, and so, you know, we wrap the movie up. He goes back to Vaughn's little flag football championship game, bumps into Faith and her little off-the-shoulder wedges, um, her little uh, boot-cut jeans, and they make out <laughs> on the football field. He gets another call. Clearly, Jacksonville wants him, I'm assuming, and he looks at the camera, and we roll the credits. Which is a happy ending. But like, oh God, I hope Faith did not get on the plane across the country for a fucking backup receiver to Jacksonville. (laughs) My family's from Jacksonville. I can tell you, we're from outside of Jacksonville, we country. Mm -hmm. And I can tell you right now, 
That ain't where you want to be. You don't trade in the blue waters of the Pacific for the brown waters of, of Jacksonville. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever been to a beach in Jacksonville, Florida? Uh, no, but I have been to uh, beaches in Florida and can confirm, and beaches in South Carolina, that the water is very brown. Um, and the it's Atlantic brown. Ocean really ain't Which, it. I don't understand the science to how <laughs> all the water brown in Florida except Miami. <laughs> What's the science? Well, what is that? I mean, Miami is closer, Miami Beach. but it's closer to the Gulf. <laughs> <laughs> I, we don't damn know. <laughs> <laughs> it's the golf. It's the golf. <laughs> I don't damn know. Maybe that's true. Maybe so. Yeah. I don't okay. Know. Yeah. That's how the movie ends up. And I have a question for you, Sydney. Now, this one, mm-hmm. this is going to be good. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Now, Sydney, who came mm-hmm. to act? This week, um, first I want to start off with uh, the process that came for this. So we are only in season one of the new Chitlin Circuit. Um, and I want to s- set a rule uh, because we want this award to be as fair as possible. So if like you have <laughs> if you have already won the Who Came to Act Award this season, you are ineligible to win another time. Uh, so let's just start off. We watched and reviewed Miss Juneteenth back in June, which also starred Nicole Bahari, and she won that week's award. Um, so unfortunately, she cannot be eligible for this week. Uh, I just really want to be fair. <laughs> I really want to be fair. Um, and so with that, this week's Who Came to Act Award, it boiled down for me to one final scene. And I wanted to see if this character would really give me some emotion and really show us he was at his wit's end and break down and cry. Um, and for that reason, I present this week's award to Lance Gross, the scene where he is in, listen, hear me out, because I don't like the face you're making right now. The scene where he is in, <laughs> where he is in, that hotel room and he listens back to Faith's voicemail because he cannot bear to speak with her. But the sound of her voice literally makes him, you know, tense up and just shed those tears. I said, okay, that made me feel something. Um, it really did. And I think this movie, cause you know, prior to this, Lance was only in like a comedic capacity as Calvin, even though he did come to act in some of those episodes of House of Pain with Miranda. But for that, Mr. Gross, um, and we have also already stated that this episode is dedicated to Howard University. I will I present this week's award to you. <laughs> Don't pull the HU card. <laughs> so, so I have um, to. Because you weren't agreeing with me. All right, it's been a minute, but <laughs> <laughs> I do not I <laughs> I do not agree with that nomination. And hence I do I, I guess I reject it. Like, I mean, <laughs> this is the way it works. I either accept or like deny this. And mm-hmm. he still has the nom because Sydney is the committee, apparently, because she makes up rules now. Yeah. Where, <laughs> where people can't get to. Because I thought we were going to have our first double awardee because Nicole Bahari deserves. But honestly, I want to nominate a runner up. Vanessa Bell Calloway? She was my runner up. Mm-mm. She did great, though. 
Oh, who's your runner-up? I'm curious. Oba Babatunde is my <laughs> runner-up for who came to act. Okay. And the reason why, because your metric is pretty much always, can you cry good? <laughs> <laughs> Not always. That's, that's always like... your, you're always looking for a monologue or a tear. That's that's how you determine who came to act. Sydney, <laughs> I'm your best. I watch movies with you. When we watch, this is where the the name of the award came from. When we watch movies, as soon as somebody gets to crying, you go, ooh, now they came to act. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. I judge it based off, I really, I'm so impressed when somebody has a tiny bit of screen time or a tiny mm-hmm. few lines and just shifts the narrative or causes a shit, a scene to shift. And like, I over really like knocked that out of the park for me. So he's my runner up. Uh, well, Mr. Babatunde, aka Barry Gordon, you you are um, on our short list this week for the Who Came to Act Award. I'm fine with that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, look, this this happened. I guess we enjoyed this movie because we we don't hardly ever cross the hour mark. Yeah, I I said at the beginning I enjoyed the movie. Um, overall, you know, I think it's hard to not enjoy a movie with Nicole Bahari in it. I think that's kind of impossible. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, um, I can wholeheartedly say this is not always true of movies that we watch. I can wholeheartedly say I recommend that you guys watch this movie. It's on the Urban Movie Channel or you mm-hmm. can rent it. You know, if you have Voodoo or Google Play Store, just pull it up and rent it. It's three bucks. Yep. Very worth it. Very worth it. Uh, I I would watch it again just because hey. I love Nicole Bahari. Yeah. I got it, it for another so 48 hours. Things. Yeah, I'm gonna watch mm-hmm. it one more time before my rent my rental is up. Yeah. yeah. All right. You got anything else, Sid? Um, I was trying to think of something funny to say, but not really. I mean, just don't forget the price went up for us, so really look out. Uh, I all mean, the way. All the way up. So, you know, if you ever had to guess where we went to school, you never, you no longer ever have to guess because you know. Mm-hmm illustrious illustrious (laughs) (laughs) all right we out of here then thanks for listening if you're tuning in on apple Podcasts, stitcher spotify or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast if you see it five stars right now just click all of them for us feel free to join in on the conversation you can find us on twitter at tncc pod and check us out on instagram at new chitlin circuit and that's spelled C-H-I-T-L-I-N.